I have been listening to Audible for years. It just started with a free trial and my favorite Ellen Hildebrand book. And then once I realized how much I could accomplish in a day, like cooking for the kids, cleaning, organizing the house, you name it, um, while being entertained, I was hooked. It has all of my favorite fiction books, but it also has our favorite books on natural birth like Mindful Hypnobirthing, Birth Without Fear, Birthing From Within, Natural Childbirth, The Bradley Way, just to name a few. If you use my link, you can get 30 days free of Audible. Just go to audibletrial.com slash birthnaturally. And I suggest starting with Ina May's Guide to Childbirth if you haven't already, because that is a listener favorite. So once again, just go to audibletrial.com slash birthnaturally for 30 days free. Welcome to Birth Naturally. I'm Kaylee. And I'm Kate. And we are sisters having a conversation about everything from med-free birth to natural parenting. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode. This week, I am sharing what was a subscriber episode. I'm now sharing it to everyone. It is such a great episode. I am chatting with Allie from the Empowered Birth Podcast. She told her birth story on an earlier episode. Um, that was episode 26. It was such a great interview, and it was just awesome to be able to chat with her again. So we are delving into mindset in this episode, um, mindset during labor, and really she gives you tips on just mindset, you know, keeping a positive mindset in your everyday life. So it is just amazing advice. It's really going to change the way you think about birth and I highly recommend um, checking out Allie's Instagram, her website, and yeah, she's awesome, and she has so much knowledge about birth, so I hope that you guys enjoy today's episode. You're definitely going to learn a lot, and please remember to follow on Instagram at birthnaturally, and also, if you can check out the sponsors, that would be amazing. Um, I have some really good sponsors and if you, you know, support the sponsors, you're also supporting this podcast. So yeah, thank you guys and enjoy. Hi everyone. Today we have Allie back on the podcast. She is also a podcaster, the Empowered Birth Podcast, and you were on a very early episode um, I can't remember which one it was now, but oh, man, that's <laughs> so long ago. It was a while <laughs> ago. Oh my gosh. So, and you just recently had your fourth baby, another home birth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're excited to have you back on. Thank you. I just want to introduce myself. I'm Allie and I am a nurse so yeah, I actually started being a doula when I was pregnant with my second. Mm-hmm. And it was at that time that I started learning about mindset and I was preparing for my first home birth, which was going to be my first natural birth. I had a C-section with my 
first. So I was like, how I, I need to make sure I'm so well informed. I wanted to have all the informa information that I needed to make an empowered decision. And so mindset was a big part of my preparation. And then it didn't stop there. I've I've kind of inserted what I did with my second birth into almost every area of my life. And so it was a big impact, like mindset had a big impact. So I'm really excited to talk about kind of like that process today and how amazing our brains are created to be. Because I think if I didn't realize, and this is like birth too, like once you realize how amazing your body is and physiologically like designed to work, then it's a lot easier to trust the process. And so when you realize that your brain was literally created with the ability to change its mind <laughs> on things, mm -hmm. then you're, you're, you start having a lot more confidence in the fact that that's a possibility. Right. So, um, yeah, that's, that makes so much sense. And it's like, I, you can't really comprehend it until I think you like go through it, but preparing yourself and just knowing, you know, hearing these stories and hearing, you know, what you've gone through and how you prepared it. It's just like so helpful to know that yeah. it's possible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. But hearing birth stories was like one of my number one thing that mm -hmm. I did. I listened to all the podcasts because yeah, yeah. I just hearing what was normal, hearing what was possible, um, what was like a variation of normal, those all really helped me when preparing. So mm -hmm. definitely podcasts like yours are so valuable um, because they have so many amazing stories on there and like very important to listen to and fill our mind with with those type of oh, stories. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I Same here. I It's all I did was listen yeah. to podcasts and it is... It is one of the biggest things I think that got me prepared because yeah. I um, didn't have natural birth with my first two. And then I was like, you know what, if I'm going to do it with my last one, I'm going to do a home birth. I'm going to make it so I have to do it naturally. So I did, you know, and listening to especially home birth stories, it actually got me so excited. <laughs> like I... I, you know, just hearing all these amazing women and what they went through. And I just, I, I, I get actually excited about it and birth can be such, uh, such an amazing experience. I wish I could just keep giving birth over and over. I know it's so weird. It's like, it's yeah. the hardest thing in the world. Yeah. And yet you just want to do it. <laughs> I know <laughs> those hormones are addictive. That's yes. It's so true. Oh my gosh. So, um, so yeah, like what else, I mean, being a doula, I'd love to hear, you know, how you help your clients mm -hmm. in, in preparing. Cause it's one thing to get ready yourself, but it's another thing to, you know, teach someone else that you're going to, you're going to be able to do it. Yeah, for sure. So there's a couple of different things. When I have a client um, most of the time they're coming to me because they want a natural birth. That's what I talk about. That's mm -hmm. what I advocate for. And so those clients who are ready to really work on their mindset, really prepare and be an empowered decision maker, they're kind of the clients that I just seem to attract, which is amazing. I've 
loved every experience I've had with every single client. Um, but the process that we kind of work through together is twofold. So we kind of assess where their mindset is. Um, I really do think so much of it comes back to your mind. Um, I know with my first baby, I did all the, I exercised all the time. I ate right, which I thought was eating right. I did not know anything back then, to be honest. <laughs> but I, I worked really hard on the physical body part, right? And then I totally, totally neglected like decision-making and mindset. So um, I really do think that there's a beautiful balance to be had. And we, I kind of assess that with my clients. So mm-hmm. really it comes back to Um, I ask them why, like, why do you want the type of birth that you want? Um, Knowing your why is really going to set a, set a stone in the ground. Like it's your foundation, right? Mm -hmm. And so building a foundation is the very first step when you're building anything, right? So if you're rebuilding your brain around the fact that you are able to birth naturally, then you need a very solid foundation. And I I worked with women for years in hospital births. And then I've also um, more recently stepped away from that and done home births. But for the hospital births, um, I I noticed a kind of a trend. So like you were saying, you needed to be in a place where you like literally had to give birth naturally because there was no other option. Right. <laughs> like that was me too. And that's home birth is great for that, for sure. But when you're in the hospital, you have so many decisions to make, right? And it's like the epidural is there and you know it. It's in the back of your mind. You know that at any minute you're Mm -hmm. able to choose that option. And so the women that knew their why, like, why don't I want an epidural? Why am I working so hard to have a natural birth? If they can have their why settled in their mind, most of the time they did not get an epidural. That's interesting. Yeah, that I, I never actually thought about that. I'm trying to think of like what my why was. Right? <laughs> I do not remember, but but I that truly does make so much sense that they go into it like this is why I don't want it. And this is why I'm not going to get it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that that really does make so much sense. Um, my friend who I actually did have on the podcast, Colleen, she, her first birth, um, the epidural made her completely numb from the neck mm-hmm. down. And yeah. it was like, she was terrified. It scared yeah. her so bad. She's like, am I like paralyzed like how am I going to give birth to this baby when I can't feel anything so that was her why with her second and it that is what she knew there was no way she was going to get that epidural again because of how she felt with her first and um and that's just you know one example there's countless countless reasons why um you may or may not want that epidural but um but that is so interesting that you know you have to be steadfast in your decision. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You have to know your why. So that Mm -hmm. is such a, yeah, foundational thing and amazing first step. So like your listeners can go home right now and just kind of sit there and be like, why, why do I even care about natural birth? Exactly. What is it that I care about? (laughs) Yes, 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 exactly. And I think for me, I just like wanted to experience it. And that was 
that was it. I was like, this, I'm not having any more kids after this. I want to experience this, you know, and that was enough to, to get me through it. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it's just brainstorming. What, why do I even want this? Yeah. You might, you know, surprise yourself with the reasons that you come up with. Yeah. And everybody's reason is going to be different. Yeah. So it doesn't mm-hmm. have to look one way, like your friend, you know, it was, mm-hmm. it was a previous experience. It was kind of, it was fear driven, mm-hmm. right? Like there was, yeah. Yeah. you don't want that happening again. For me, it was the same thing. I had an epidural with my first and eventually I had a C-section. It actually went downhill very quick from there um, oh, with the heartbeat dropping. And that I'm like, I never want to go through that again. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to change locations mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm not going to have drugs. And things went a lot better the next so Yours time, so. was just like one inter- intervention led to another, led oh, to another. Totally. Um, yeah. yeah, that uh, that is true. I mean, an epidural can be an amazing thing and it can make birth, you know, so easy and, and great. And because and, uh, I've had that experience too, where I'm mm-hmm. just like, okay. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it often does lead to more interventions. I've had that. I had the, um, my first baby was like vacuumed out of me. It had like mm-hmm. a big, big cut on our little baby head. And it mm-hmm. was, it was just not, you know, not a great experience, but, um, but, and yeah, that, that definitely is another reason why you might say, hmm, maybe I, maybe I try without. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. what about fear? A, a lot of people, you know, they can come up with their why and be, you know, steadfast in it, but mm-hmm. in the back of their mind, they're thinking, I'm just really scared. I'm just yeah. really scared. How am I going to manage this pain so they yeah. say yeah no that I mean isn't that everybody's fear we yes. all our yep. brains want to protect us from danger and our we are interpreting what the sensations happening to us as bad yes. and we've been told that for so long so then we we do get this fear kind of cycle that that's happening and it's really interesting when our brains um when when we have a thought and it's paired with a feeling so let's say you're being told this birth story that was just so traumatic and you're having all these thoughts like oh i wonder why that happened and then you're interpreting her fear and you're starting to feel fear because of it and it's repeated over and over and that's what you hear that's where our beliefs come from mm-hmm. that's it so yeah. it's thoughts and feelings paired together repeated over time that is creating our beliefs so we can actually go backwards on that and figure out how to rewire our brain so we're not fear. But mm-hmm. I have a story about that. I, with my first home birth, I you know, was carrying so much fear with me because I was told, you know, I would never be able to have a vaginal birth mm-hmm. um, because my hips were too small, which that's a whole nother story. And you can listen to that later. <laughs> but <laughs> um, I remember going in for an anatomy scan with my second baby and they told me at 18 weeks will you have placenta previa Mm -hmm. and that I have so much to say on that as well but (laughs) um I walked out of there totally terrified like just a big ball of fear and so I called um my my midwife at that time and I I just 
was telling her what was going on. I was sobbing. I was like, I'm not going to get the homework that I want. I've been dreaming about this. This is like my worst nightmare that I'm going to have to go back to the place that I was so harmed in the, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. I just, it, it was a spiral. And I've seen so many people get into this spiral and it's so hard to stop. But I was extremely thankful for what she said next. She was quiet. <laughs> she mm-hmm. let me vent all of my fears, just get them out of my body. And then she said, Allie, one thing I've learned is that I never make decisions out of fear. It never ends well. And I was like, whoa, you don't make decisions out of fear? Like, I couldn't even wrap my head around that. No, I I can't either. Right? That's how I was making all my decisions. Mm-hmm. And it was from then on that I was like, there is some keys here. There, There's some gems in here that I need to find because I want to be like that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to make decisions out of fear anymore because there, there's no power in fear, right? Yeah. And so um, I started just doing a lot of research, listening to a lot of podcasts. I'm a Christian. So I really dug in the Bible and I was like, what does the Bible say about this? Mm -hmm. And I came up with this framework that I started working my clients through. And the first part is dream and decide. And this is where that why comes in. This is where you sit and you just think about like, what do I even want my birth to be like? And you really really let yourself go to the most fantastical place that you can imagine that your birth was going to be. And it's from there you can say, this is what I want. This is my foundation. I know why I want this. I know what I want. And so that next step is the education and empowerment. And so there's the fear is lessened when you're educated. Right. I learned so, and you, we know so much about birth. And when we can look at like what is normal and what the wide range of normal is, really, that fear is so much lessened because we just, we've been exposed to it so much. And so the education on what is physiological birth, not what are your options when you go, not yet, not what are your options when you go into the hospital. We'll get there, but you Mm -hmm. need to know how your body works. You Mm -hmm. need to know how your body was designed to birth because in the, in the case that you are alone (laughs) at home and you're like, you know, I I know a lot of people's fear is just having a baby at home. And I Mm -hmm. was like, oh my goodness. If you just knew how your body was created to work, it's amazing. And there's like no fear in, in that outcome. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So then the empowerment comes with knowing all of your decisions and then you can match your decision making with your why and with your dream is this decision that i'm making now match what i want and what i don't want right mm-hmm. yeah. and then the last one is follow through so that is like who's your community so are you going to hire a doula midwife ob Who's going to be around you? Who's going to help you through this? And then you you make up in your mind, and this goes back to rewiring your brain, your brain, you're going to say, I'm going to follow through on this. 
I'm going to do this. Not we'll see, or I'm just going to go with the flow, but you set your mind and you say, I'm, I'm doing this. This is my plan. Mm-hmm. And being confident enough in what you've learned to, to set your mind and follow through on it. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I love that. That it's, it's funny. Cause I like, I feel like I did all of that and it was just mm-hmm. from hearing stories where people would like give little tidbits of what they did and I like kind of mashed it all together and that's basically what it is and it it truly does sound so simple but you know you have nine months to prepare Mm -hmm. and that is like the perfect amount of time or if you want to get started before you even get pregnant thinking like if that's you know if you've always been like "Hmm, I want a natural birth just start learning about it because there's a lot to learn (laughs) there's a lot to learn but hearing birth stories I mean we've said it many times but it's so helpful Mm -hmm. um you can you know write down a list of like what what worked for people and just you know and and just learning like you said like all the all the different outcomes just knowing what can happen but I think yeah like putting a dream together and just picturing that perfect birth is it's so so helpful Mm -hmm. it really is it because it does get you excited and it takes away that fear yeah yeah it really does yeah yeah and I know like people will say well like what if it doesn't happen you know Mm -hmm. and so their their what if of it not happening is preventing them from even starting from even trying and I'm like, what if it does? Mm-hmm. And for me, that first, um, that first birth, it really did go the way I planned it. And like to the moment, I I I dreamt about it. I just, it was amazing. Um, but my second and third birth, I did not. I I had an idea. I tried to picture it. They did not go according to what I had in my head. But you know what? I learned so many beautiful lessons and I wouldn't trade it for the world. So Mm -hmm. even if it doesn't go the way that you plan or expect, like there's a lesson to be learned. There is beauty to be found in it. So what is holding you back from even from dreaming? There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I think I think that's so true. Like the dream doesn't mean that's necessarily what's going to happen. Okay, but it takes away the fear and it gets Mm -hmm. you in a better mindset. And, you know, and obviously birth, a million different things can happen and that's okay. You just have to trust your body. Mm -hmm. Like, and that is one thing that I think you just have to learn throughout that nine months is like Mm -hmm. trusting your body is, it's just like the, one of, you know, the most important things that you have to do. (laughs) You just do. I mean, it's going to do what it needs to do. Yeah, well, I will say too, from a home birth perspective, it was a whole lot easier to like tune in and really learn how to trust my baby and my body because I wasn't in the system that was like promoting all the technology. Because what Mm -hmm. happens, whether we know it like cognitively or not, every time you submit to a test outside of your body, like telling you what is normal, 
you're allowing that test to tell you how you're feeling, what is normal. You're, you're allowing like a midwife or a doctor to say, you know, what's going on in your body. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying that you have a lot of opportunity, you know, depending on the test that you take. So for example, I, I wanted to only get one ultrasound with my first or with my second, because with my first, I think I had probably 10. I had so many. And of course, she ended up having IUGR and like all of these problems. And now a mindset that I have not saying it's right again, but (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm like, if you start looking for problems, you're going to find one. Yeah. And that's kind of how I base a lot of my decisions on now. And I've spent a lot of time being like really tuning in. Okay. I have this symptom in my body what what's going on you know I'm allowing myself to kind of dig in and assess my own self and then I can decide do I need a test to tell me what's going on mm-hmm. and most of the time I haven't needed that so it's amazing how much over testing is happening yeah that yeah that does make sense I mean even just you know saying like eh, I don't want to be checked when you're you know mm-hmm. 39 weeks or whatever because it's going to change your mindset. Yeah, it is. Totally. I mean, I I know because it. I was one of those people that was like, "Oh, I need to know. I need to Same. know." And, <laughs> and then when I realized it was only, you know, two centimeters, if that, I was like, "Oh, it's never gonna happen." Well, it happened yep. the next day. So it's like it's just it's just one of those things that. It's if it's not necessary, you don't have to do it. And and it's and it's up to you, you know. It's totally completely up to you. But you see, like that fearful thought came in right yep. after you learned. Yes. Like, and that's the same. I hear this all the time. Oh, I got checked on, you know, 30, 39 weeks, and I'm only a one. I'm never gonna go into labor. It's like, whoa, okay. <laughs> like you gotta capture that thought, first of all. But first of all, that you're allowing this test to tell you what is going to be true for you. Mm-hmm. And that I just, I don't allow that into my life. But mm-hmm. once I notice a fearful thought come, I'm like, nope, I'm capturing that thought and I'm taking that captive. And then I'm finding out what is true. And when I base this up with what is true, then I can decide like where to go from there. But if you if you're believing a a lie, and most of the time fearful thoughts are lies, I will give you that hint. So mm-hmm. most of the time when you get a fearful thought in, you know what? Say be gone. This is a fearful thought. It's not allowed. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then you can see what is true, and that truth, when paired with love, is going to propel you into such a different place than if you're allowing your decisions based in fear. It mm-hmm. is complete completely transformational. Wow. That is, I never even thought to like take this whole mindset thing into like everyday life. <laughs> like right? I, and now you're just like, you're blowing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I use it in motherhood all mm-hmm. the time. I have yeah. to, because yeah. you know, the thoughts that can come up as a mom mm-hmm. that you're like, whoa, that's not not true. Not going to entertain that thought. Oh um, gosh, and yeah. then you have to remind yourself, I love these children. <laughs> right? <laughs> Driving me nuts, but I love them dearly. And yes. So uh. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. I mean, I guess I should um, start practicing that. I like <laughs> Because they do. I mean, having them all home from school. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Wow. So do you want to like talk to us a little bit about, you know, your fourth birth? Um, sure. How I just want to hear your mindset and how you took all these things that, you know, you you teach everyone else and mm-hmm. how you brought it into your own birth. Yeah. Yeah, so we got pregnant kind of in a a crazy time in our lives. We were taking care of a family member, and so we sold our house really quickly and moved in um, to another home, and then that month I got pregnant. and So our whole life kind of seemed crazy, Mm -hmm. and so I, I had to start this really early on. And I noticed a lot more fearful thoughts coming in. So I I understand, you know, there's circumstances in life and in every yeah. pregnancy, every pregnancy is different that you kind of have to, you know, give yourself a lot of grace for. But the thing is, this process works. And mm-hmm. so I would get more thoughts than I have in past, but I knew what to do with them. So, um, yeah, one of my prevailing thoughts was that my water was breaking like all the time from like 16 weeks on. And I was able to trace that back to helping a client who had her water break early. And so one of the underlying thoughts that I could kind of trace it to, it's kind of, it's like brain mapping. So you start with the thought and then you kind of work your way back and you're just like, where did that come from? Okay, why am I believing this is true for me? And one of my underlying thoughts was, well, if it happened to somebody else, that for sure means it's going to happen to me. It's irrational. Yeah. It's fearful. It's not helpful. And so once I was able to kind of pin that down, I'm like, oh, okay, th- this is irrational. It's a fear-based thing. I'm not going to entertain that. Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, another fearful thought that kept coming up during my pregnancy was I've had two amazing home births already. I don't deserve another one. Like I'm not going to get another one because it's, I'm about due for a transfer or something like that, you know? Yeah. And, um, so again, fearful thought, it's not based in truth. There's absolutely no evidence to say that I was due for a transfer or that, you know, that was going to be necessary. So those are some things that kept coming up during the pregnancy. And this time I actually decided to do like my own prenatal care and then just have people attend my birth who they all have birth experience. Like they've all had births and all been around births. Um, so it was very community centered. It wasn't like I had somebody in authority there telling me like what to do or what to think. And it was just a beautiful Thing. And so that's kind of what I had pictured in my mind. I mm-hmm. also, for my birth, had pictured being in a pool in front of the fireplace, and it was going to be like so magical. I had a January birth, so it's going to snow, and I just was like, "This is I- idyllic. Like this is what, yeah, this is what's going to happen, right?" Well, <laughs> I have week two weeks of prodromal labor. Nothing new for me. Had that for past three babies. And, um, so we had a couple of like, oh, this is it. Like, and then it would put her out, but on my birthday, actually the night before my birthday, I start having extreme leg 
and hip pain. And this was weird. I kind of got a little bit of a fever. So I was like, oh my gosh, am I getting sick? I was just Mm. ignoring it. Mm -hmm. And I told myself, I'm going to ignore literally every like contraction until I'm in transition. (laughs) That was my plan because I have (laughs) such long bursts. Like my first one was 26 hours long. They're so long. And plus you're like, is it actually going to happen? Exactly. After prodromal labor. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah. So I really prepared myself. Like I'm, this is going to happen. I'm going to (laughs) ignore. Um, so I went to bed at like way too late. I think it was midnight or one. And I woke up at two in the morning and was, Oh, okay. I'm having, I'm having some contractions, but this happened last week. So maybe it's nothing. Mm -hmm. And I laid there for an hour. I just kind of sang through them. And, um, then I got up, took a shower. They were still happening. So I woke my husband up. I was like, I think this is it. And I was 41.5 at the time, oh 41, six, something <laughs> like that. So that's a whole other mindset journey that you have to go to when you go post dates, right? Uh, <laughs> yes, that's very yeah. true. <laughs> yeah. So um, this was the longest I had been pregnant mm-hmm. um, and the biggest baby. But, you know, I wasn't doing a ton. Like I didn't do any ultrasounds mm-hmm. to measure like weight, you know, or anything like that. So I didn't know how big, mm-hmm. but I knew... I had been measuring my fundal height and I was like, oh, I mean, this is probably going to be my biggest baby. So, <laughs> um, you know, that, that picture I had about the, the fireplace in the pool and stuff, mm-hmm. well, we got our pool all set up and I'm laboring on the couch. My husband's like filling it up and I'm like, oh, this is going to be amazing. Well, we pull up a liner and it's the wrong liner and somebody no. had used it before me without a liner. And I was like, oh crap. like I'm not gonna do that (laughs) so it was fine because I learned anyways I really wanted to be cocooned up in my room like Mm -hmm. I just wanted I felt so much safer in my room than in front of the fireplace so it's almost like it just worked it worked out so it wasn't my ideal plan at first but you know what it was exactly what I needed yeah and so it was okay to dream about that. And I really could let that go so easily because it just, it just was what it was. So mm-hmm. we kind of switched and I I called my photographer and my friends probably around 4.30 or 5. I think they came around somewhere around 4.30, 5.30. And I was just laboring on the couch and I kind of, I was really going into, you know, zoning in to labor and I was making noises and I kept telling myself like this this is not like I probably have like 20 hours left because it it had been four hours Mm -hmm. and um so anyways I had been praying like Lord can I have like 10 hour birth (laughs) that would be really nice so I was I was setting my mind up for the long run because that my track record shows I have about like 15 hours left at this point. And I look at my husband, I was like, I just don't think I can do it. He's like, you're already so much farther than you are usually. So you're, you're doing good. And then that, um, and then my photographer, who's a dear friend of mine, she was like, you're in it, Allie. Cause the other times I had, 
called them over. I think I wasn't quite into active labor yet. And that was always so frustrating because then I would stall and then they would go home and mm-hmm. I just did not want that happening again. So yeah. um, it was just good to get some verbal affirmation. Like you're doing it and you're in labor and this is active labor. It's like, okay, that, that gave me a boost. So um, went into my bedroom, my mom came over and watched the girls. And that was so, so sweet to have her. Like I heard her washing dishes and I heard her taking care of the girls and my sister came over and she was taking care of the kids too. And they're kind of helping. And it was my birthday. So like I'm laboring on my birthday and I didn't know they were doing all of this stuff and I'll get to that. But, um, it was just so sweet to have that community. All around yeah. me, I really fed off of that. Oh my gosh, yeah. So um I would have these bouts of like really hard labor, like contraction after contraction. I'm like, oh my goodness, it was just so hard. And then it, I would get this long rest. So then I would like sleep in bed or it was just felt abnormal. I couldn't wrap my head around what was going on. And that was really frustrating to me. And I just um I really had to take control of those thoughts and and just be like, there's a variation of normal. Like I'm listening mm-hmm. to my body, my baby and my body know what to do. And I overall stay, I didn't spiral. My last birth, I kind of spiraled. I got really angry and I'm like, I'm not going <laughs> to do that again. I learned my lesson that time. It doesn't work when you get angry at birth. Um, so I just really tried my best to surrender. I would go back from the shower to my bed, I, to the toilet. I was in every single position you could think of. And I was just intuitively moving, right? And I was just moving in whatever position, wherever my body felt like it needed to be. And then my friend suggested like, oh, maybe you do this like position that you kind of lay back, um, against my husband and, I did that and I did not feel good. And um, I had someone check the heartbeat and there was a major decel, like in the 60s. Mm-hmm. And so I went and laid down on my left side. And this is kind of where, like, if your mindset isn't kind of settled and if you don't know things, um, you can spiral right? Mm-hmm. Like that's a, I mean, my first one was major D cell led to, you know, uh, a C-section. And so I was laying on my left side and there was just a sense of peace in the room. And we're kind of looking at each other like, what do we do? How are you feeling? How's baby feeling? We were kind of assessing all this. The heartbeat came up. We're like, okay. And in my mind, I was like, I feel, I feel safe. I feel like that was not a good position for me mm-hmm. or baby. And it it didn't feel good. And obviously the baby didn't like it. So I'm doing good in positions where that they just feel good to me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so I, I just went with that. I was like, I think we're, we're fine. Everybody had this just sense of peace about them. So we continued on. And I think that happened probably around, I don't know, 11 or 12 in the afternoon. So it had been a couple of, it had been a few hours and of this hard, fast and stop labor. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hadn't seen the time. I had no idea what time passed. I snuck a look on a cell phone and it was like, I think noon. 
<laughs> and I was like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I have 12 more hours left. I don't know why. I I just, I thought <laughs> I, I don't know why I do that. I guess I it's better s- to overestimate than <laughs> underestimate. But at the same time, you're like setting yourself up for like getting so tired. and <laughs> Totally. I don't know. It was so funny. So anyways, I go um do some like side lunges and things started to shift. It felt like maybe he had engaged and was coming lower. It was like something happened. I, mm-hmm. I'm not sure what it was, but went to the bathroom, labored on the toilet for a while. My water eventually broke in the toilet, which is like so nice, oh, right? Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and um last last birth, my water broke and she was born in five minutes. So we oh were like, gosh. oh well baby is ready. Like yeah, yeah. you know, I was fully prepared for him just to shoot out like last time. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that was not the story this time. And that's, <laughs> so I had to be extremely patient. It was just, it felt like he would come down just a little bit and then go back up. And it was just like so much work to, I wasn't pushing, but the laboring down, you know, just letting your body do what it was going to do. It felt like it was, he was just, it felt stuck, you know, mm-hmm. and I was getting really pretty frustrated. So I got on all fours and I'm, I'm laboring there. And then I, I do start feeling pushy, but I'm like, I'm not gonna like, well, I started him feeling really low, but not pushy. Okay. And so I, he was just sitting on his own. I just did not feel the need to push. And that's what I had last time. So I was like, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait until I have the need to push well it just never came and which is so odd it was so Mm -hmm. odd so I went and leaned up on the edge of my bed and my friend is like I mean you could try it just try and push you know and see what happens see how you feel so I gave like a really big push and his head just started coming right down so (laughs) it's just so interesting that I didn't feel that but I did push his head was right there I kind of breathed out his head. I, I put my hand on my perineum just to like give it some support and mm-hmm. let it stretch. And he, his head came right out. And then there was like a, a bit of a pause. I had one more contraction. I pushed as hard as I could and nothing happened. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, you know, my, and my friend who's been around birth too, she was like, um, like, are you okay if I kind of just like, help you out and she's I saw I got in all um or I got in a running lunge and she took his shoulder and just twisted it back and forth he he kind of had to be wiggled out so it wasn't like necessarily a shoulder dystocia it wasn't Mm -hmm. one shoulder that was stuck he was just kind of sticky I don't Mm -hmm. know a better way to describe it but she kind of wiggled both shoulders and he he came right out um so his head was super blue, <laughs> but oh I, I just didn't feel any fear. Like there, mm-hmm. there was no fear involved there. There was no rush. It was just what it was. And come to find out as he came out, his cord was wrapped around his back, around his shoulder and back up kind of a, on the other shoulder. It was like a oh. belt and he was just really wrapped up. So oh, <laughs> um, it was like a bungee cord. So oh every gosh. time. Yeah. And I had to wait until my, my um, uterus and placenta were very, very low for him to even come out. So Mm -hmm. it's just amazing. It's a testament to 
our bodies know what to do. We have to mm-hmm. trust it. Don't mm-hmm. get into any positions you don't want to um, that yeah. don't feel intuitive. And, you know, if, if I was on Pitocin, like, I I guarantee he would have had more D-cells because they would have been rushing him out before my body was able to, like, yes. release him. Yeah, that's so true. And I think that what, like, one important thing that you said, well, I mean, there was plenty of important things, but one thing that stuck out to me was, um, and people who think like, how am I going to manage the pain? How am I going to manage the pain? Getting in different positions is so important. Oh, yeah. Like, so important. If you're in a position, you're like, obviously, it's not going to be, you know, super comfortable in any (laughs) position but you're gonna be slightly uncomfortable but Mm -hmm. you're gonna find a position that you're like oh okay this works but you gotta you gotta see what works you can't Mm -hmm. just rely on one position and you know but and clearly that worked for you where you're like this doesn't feel right Mm -hmm. and you know and you knew in your mind you're the only one that can figure that out you know nobody can tell you that Um, and, and I think that is truly so important because I, for some reason, didn't know that in my second birth, like, I don't Mm -hmm. think I like got there in my research to like all the different positions, like to labor in. Mm -hmm. Um, and my midwife wasn't like super informative, which is fine. It just Mm -hmm. wasn't that kind of, you know, practice, but, um, but I would just like sit there. I walked around, but I didn't try like all fours. I didn't do any lunging to you know get her to come down at all and and it, it made labor a lot harder when and I eventually got the epidural so mm-hmm. so I do think that's uh, such a big part of your story it's just like yeah. changing those positions and find what works and yeah and find what um is gonna make them make them come out ultimately sure. <laughs> yeah and I will say too just a note on that on that pain thing mm-hmm. so with my first I can honestly say it was a painless birth and it was super intense I enjoyed every minute of it it was so interesting like that's what I wanted that's what I had pictured I was like I definitely want like a euphoric painless birth and I got it and I worked extremely hard to get there like in the mindset rewiring Mm -hmm. like the brain um with my next home birth I was like you know what I did it was hypnobirthing too I I had paired that along with it and so with my next one I was like I kind of want to know like am I strong enough to handle it without it you know without Mm -hmm. help and so her birth it, I felt every contraction in a new way um, that was, you know, I would say it was painful, but it's nothing that our bodies can't handle. And I think that's mm-hmm. maybe the difference, um, like fearing pain. I don't know, maybe if some people's mindset is like, well, if there's pain, that means I can't handle it. And yeah. it's like, but this pain, if you want to call it that, you can obviously rewire your brain and say this sensation, you know, yeah, or whatever. In yes. that, you can do that. But for me, I was like, I want to know if this pain is bigger than me. And it was kind of an experiment. And it wasn't. And I did it. And it was an amazing birth. And I I enjoyed it, mm-hmm. um, even though it was painful and it was hard. Yeah. And with this last birth, again, I would say it was painful. I didn't do water the last two times. I wish I could have this time, but that's just not what was, um, in the plan. 
Yeah. For me. And that's okay. Cause I did the shower and the shower was fine. And we, you know, like you were saying, there's so many different positions and you mm-hmm. can manage it and you yep. can feed off of the energy of people in the room. Like you my, my husband, oh my goodness, I would never want to birth without him. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I know, you know, oh my gosh. such a yeah. comfort. Yes. So it's not things. bigger than you. Yes, exactly. Little things that you know, if you just have like one support person, yeah. little, little touches, little things that yeah. they say, just encouraging you. It's, it's so helpful, you know, having someone you love there for you telling you like, you got this, mm-hmm. you can do this. It's, you know, it's just, it it sounds like all of these things I'm sure sound so simple, but if you put them into practice, you'll realize They're powerful. Like, yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, do you have anything else? I mean, you've given us so much, so much knowledge and, and so much things, I'm glad. so many things to work on. I love it. Yeah, no, I just, I just want to encourage you. Like your brain is so amazing. Your body mm-hmm. is so amazing. And so just spend some time, like really learning what you're capable of, because once you realize what you're capable of in birth, it really follows you. Like means you're capable in motherhood. It means you're capable in business. It means you're capable in marriage. Like birth is not just a single event. It really, you carry it throughout your whole life. So it's an important mm-hmm. thing. Um, it's worth putting work into. It's worth investing in um, and learning about. So definitely. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much yeah, for thank you. sharing all this knowledge and yeah. And just encouraging people to that, you know, they're able to do it. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Of course. Once again, thank you so much for subscribing. Be sure to follow on Instagram at birth naturally, or you can reach out through email birth naturally podcast at gmail.com. And please share the podcast with your friends. Thanks guys. They say giving birth is equivalent to running a marathon, but what about being pregnant and building a company from scratch while taking on the multivitamin aisle? That is the story of Ritual's founder, Kat Schneider, who started Ritual because she couldn't find a prenatal she could trust. So I just started recently taking the Essential for Women multivitamin, and it's been great so far. They are super gentle on my stomach. I can even take them without food, which is just very convenient. And yeah, it's great because I just want to fill some gaps in my diet and I feel like this is exactly what I need. They're also great tasting. Like the the Essential for Women multivitamins have like this minty taste. So I'm so not used to that. I'm used to that like not so great aftertaste. So that's been awesome as well. So although I am not pregnant, Ritual has a prenatal that you can trust. They are made with traceable ingredients. You can literally look at a map and see where all the ingredients have come from, which is super cool. And you better believe I checked that out and I loved it. And all of the ingredients are vegan, bioavailable, and clinically studied key nutrients for before and during pregnancy. They're also non-GMO project verified, gluten, and major allergen free. So why settle for a multivitamin you're not 100% sure about? Ritual was literally built on trust, so you know it's the real deal. 
Ritual is offering my listeners 30% off during their first month. Visit ritual.com slash birth naturally to start ritual or add essential for women prenatal to your subscription today.